Hey friends, it's Kylie, and you're listening to the And Live podcast, the story of how I ended my life and started a new one. Before we begin this episode, I need to let you know that I will be discussing sensitive topics related to suicide and depression. I know that these subjects can be difficult for some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling with these issues, I strongly encourage you to seek support from a mental health professional or a trusted person in your life. Listener discretion is advised. How do I even start this besides just diving right into the deep end? Welcome to the first episode of the Anlive podcast. If you heard the trailer, then you know the story starts in a pretty dark place. But don't worry, this podcast is more about joy than suffering, so please just bear with me until we get to the good parts. I guess we should go back like three or so years ago when I intended to end my story for good. Uh, If I could go back and describe that, Kylie, damn, it makes me a little sad to think about just how hard she was trying to be loved by everyone, except for herself. Admittedly, I am a recovering codependent and people pleaser. And so this whole self-love thing is pretty new to me. My whole life was spent twisting and contorting myself into whichever box would be most convenient for you, because I could really only be happy as long as you were happy. My mood was so dependent on others that I was willing to give and give and give to make you happy in order to achieve my own happiness. But all that overgiving left me with a deficit at the end of the day, and so I was still pretty damn sad. But if you knew me then, you don't know me now. Do you guys remember Marie Kondo? She has this cleaning method that was all the rage a few years ago where you would take everything out of your closet and put it on your bed. And as you're going through it, you're supposed to hold it up, examine it, and ask if that item brings you joy. And if so, it can stay. And if not, you thank it for the time in your life and you let it go. And that's what I did with each and every part of myself. From my career to my relationships, my friends and family members, I broke up with my boyfriend, my mom, my dad, my aunt, and my best friend. I questioned what I wore, what I ate, what I read, what I listened to, but most importantly, I questioned my thoughts and the way they made me feel. Turns out, my brain was my very own worst enemy. So there I was, at the edge of my life, looking straight off the cliff, and I needed to find a way to be happy or die trying. And I wanted to do a little bit of living before I pieced off the planet. So I started following the things that brought me joy, and I cleared out all the things that didn't. The things that kept me here? Simplified as follows. My dog, yoga, and YouTube. And I know those things sound silly, but I do think it's the small things that keep us alive or don't. So let me explain. My dog, first and foremost, was my source of companionship, connection, and love someone who needed me and someone I needed. And even when I felt like I had no human connection, he was around. And so ultimately, I couldn't abandon him. He was the biggest reason I stayed. The next reason, yoga, helped me rewire my brain and cleared out all the bad thoughts I was thinking, except for I didn't know that I was doing that at the time. Uh, I didn't really figure that out until I went to yoga teacher training. And we're going to have an entire episode on that later. Now, YouTube sounds crazy, except for it was inspiring me towards a life that I wanted to live instead of the one that was killing me. And it provided proof and living models of people that were already doing it. And so it made me believe that I could do it too. And so when I found Eamon and Beck and Kara and Nate's YouTube videos of them traveling on the road in a van as a couple living on the beach in Mexico, 
I set my compass towards joy and haven't really looked back since. For me, it was van life or it was no life, but it was never really my dream to live in a van. In fact, I didn't even know it was a thing up until like three months before purchasing my van. And if you think that sounds crazy, I think the right word you're looking for is desperate. (laughs) Yes. But they say that sometimes it's easier to adjust to big changes in your life than small changes. And a lot in my life needed changing. But like, why van life? You really chose to stay on the planet so you could poop in a bucket in the middle of your kitchen that's also your living room, that's also your bedroom and your office? But like when you put it that way, no, gross. But here are only some of the reasons that I'm living in a van. The first and most obvious reason is the weather. (laughs) I am a seasonal depression girly and I simply would not have survived this past Salt Lake City winter. I was born and raised in the same county for my whole life, and I needed to expand my world. And though some may claim that Utah is the place, I'm not so certain that I'm convinced, and I need to find out for myself, because if it is, I should probably stop talking so much shit about it. Reason number two, less is more. For too much of my life, and even from a young age, I have been overly responsible for too many things and too many people, and I needed to be responsible for less. This one really reaches all aspects of my life, but we can like just take laundry, for example. Living in a house, laundry is my arch nemesis. It just like sits there in piles and I can never stay on top of it because you're always wearing a shirt or there's something in the hamper or load is going like, how does anyone, I don't understand however anyone is on top of laundry. However, you can't just like break up with laundry. (laughs) You can't stop doing laundry unless you want to become a nudist. So how could I be responsible for less? What if I only owned like six shirts? That's the level of responsible that I wanted to be. Uh, I used to have all sorts of stuff at my house just in case. And then I'd have to remember where that one thing was for that one occasion that may or may not happen once every five years. So instead, what if, and it's a novel concept, I just reacted to life in the moment. What if I didn't have to be so goddamn responsible for what all the what ifs all the time? What if I could just trust myself to react to things as they happened in the moment? And if for some reason I couldn't handle myself and I needed to ask for help, by doing so, what if I could find some other helpful strangers that existed? Now, what do I mean by that? I have to go back and tell you a story about the one random day I was driving home in the rain and I noticed the cutest little kindergartner walking himself home in the rain. Now, every fiber of my being wanted to pull over and ask the kid where he lives and tell him to hop in. But in our society, you can't just be doing things like that without going to jail for attempted kidnapping. So I just had to watch as he walked home in the rain. Because we've been told our whole lives about stranger danger that we are programmed to believe that every stranger we come into contact with is out to get us. But if I exist and I'm a helpful stranger or someone who would drive your kindergartner home for you in the rain... I can't possibly be the only one. So what if I could find other kind strangers and show my brain that maybe this world is not actually as terrible a place to live as I think? What if everything I had been taught to believe wasn't exactly as it seemed? Speaking of teaching brings me to my next reason. I graduated high school with a 4.0. And you might be thinking, cool, Kylie, no one cares. Don't brag about your GPA. No one cares. But here's the point. In theory, if someone graduates with a 4.0, you could likely assume 
that they've soaked up all the knowledge they could from school, right? And sure, I can recite the quadratic formula, but guess what I never learned? How to cook for myself, how to clothe myself, how to make a fire, or any real survival skills of any sort. Nothing about amp hours or electricity or how it works or what to do without it. I didn't learn a single thing about emotions or relationships or anything that I needed to know about taxes, but I digress. Also, something I forgot during school, and this sounds dumb to say out loud, so don't judge me, but like, history is still happening? Question mark? Like, my dumb ass was like, okay, cool, I passed that class, learned all I needed to know, check. Now, on to the rest of my life. But when COVID happened, I was like, wait a second, I don't remember learning about any of this in school. And then it hit me that like my kids will be doing book reports on the impacts of masks and social distancing. And so like, wait, I'm a part of history? Like, duh, we all are. But then, so then you like have to ask, so what do you want your history book to read? I don't want my tombstone to read, here lies Kylie, she had a really great 401k. Okay, so then what is your ultimate life goal? And if I really sit with it and think about it, if I'm going to stay on the planet, what type of life do I want to lead? And like, I want to be the grandma who bakes the best chocolate chip cookies in the world. But what's that going to take? I still have to find a person, fall in love, make babies, wait for those babies to have babies. So obviously, that's pretty far off. So do I just have to be like miserable and unhappy until that time comes and I reach my goal? Or how do I be happy until that version of myself gets here? Well, obviously, by living in a van while I'm young and single and eating a lot of chocolate chip cookies, of course. (laughs) So to sum all of that up, it was honestly a matter of life or death. Now, listen, if you're contemplating suicide, then you're already thinking about quitting your job, breaking up with your spouse and leaving all of your friends behind. So do it and live to tell the tale. So I did, and I went all in on van life. I bet all my chips to perform an experiment, follow a hypothesis, and don't get me wrong, I definitely found some joy, but mostly my first year of van life was just being depressed in prettier places. To be really honest, I never truly took the option of suicide off the table until recently, the day that suicide found me. But that's a story for another podcast, and we have a long way until we get there, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for being here. Don't be a stranger and join the community. Please like, follow, subscribe, and all the things I'm supposed to say here. You guys know what to do. See you next week.